Welcome back to the Wrong Opinion, useless NBA trivia and garbage rankings. This is Jake Clark. As always, if you're just starting out, make sure you check out the trailer, the season one trailer to see how we're doing our rankings. We're talking about the LA Clippers. Now, before Chris Paul came into town in 2011, the team had seven total playoff appearances. He gave them six in the next six years. And if you include the fact that his trade to the Rockets basically set them up for their future, that's three more going on four more. In total, they have the second worst winning percentage of all time behind only the Minnesota Timberwolves. And they've only made one conference finals just a couple years ago, never made the finals. But based off these last 10 years, I can't have them lower than the fifth worst. Let's go through some of their history. So they started off as the Buffalo Braves in 1970. They were one of the three expansion teams from that year, along with the Blazers and the Cavaliers. They're kind of middling until 73-74 uh, for the next three years. They made the playoffs with Bob McAdoo winning three straight scoring titles and then absolutely nothing for decades. They moved from Buffalo to San Diego as the Clippers. They renamed their team, moved franchise in 78. Uh, it will be free Randy Smith, Terry Cummings, a couple nice players, a couple nice pieces. 43 wins in their first year in San Diego, but no playoffs. In fact, there were 15 years of missed playoffs between Bob McAdoo in the Danny Manning years in the 90s, and even he only brought him a couple, and they had one more in 97. But that was one of the worst playoff teams of all time. They made the playoffs with 36 wins in 1997. I've been saying this a lot, but the late 90s, not really good for the NBA. Uh, and of course, before that, they moved to LA in 1984, and they've been there ever since. And since they were in LA, between their move to Los Angeles and Chris Paul's coming, they made the playoffs four times. The fourth time was a really fun Elton Brand season, where they were just couple plays away from conference finals they wouldn't have really done anything there feel good season really fun season El elton brand was legitimately amazing player for a little bit there of course the tide shifted in 2011 massive trade young pieces left to new orleans for chris paul in that ugly 66 game lockout shortened season they won 40 games that season and then 56 57 56 53 51 <laughs> Chris Paul is like the ultimate winner despite having never won a title every literally every single team he went to other than the Oklahoma City Thunder had their best at their franchise's most wins in a season under Chris Paul and that's not to discount Blake Griffin he was the number one pick in 2009 of course got hurt missed his entire rookie season he was like the league pass player of the freaking year in his rookie season the putback slams the massive leaps probably the most entertaining power forward to watch ever is that a stretch i don't think so and we're gonna get more into him later because his development as a player is absolutely bananas and the fact that that team never won a title is crazy they never even like really competed they never made the finals then nucleus it's one of the hugest bummers of my lifetime as a huge chris ball stan chris ball got traded to the rockets 2017 later that year blake griffin got traded to the pistons having a nice little resurgence and then fell apart after that deandre jordan left for the mavericks and that team was no more they were left with a lot of good pieces but then they ended up getting paul george in a ma another massive trade just a couple years after that chris paul trade 
They got Kawhi Leonard from that one-year deal in uh, in Toronto. And they're supposed to be this awesome contender because really those two players together, those two players together, you'd think two defensive wings who can also score really, really well, those two players should be competing for titles every single year. And they won some games. They made the conference finals in 2021, but just too many missed games. And it's just, and it looks like it might be over soon. This is the fourth year of that experiment. So we'll see where it goes from there. Hoping for the best because I think that team deserves a title. And when they do, when Kawhi Leonard and Paul George raise a banner, I hope there's a little mention of Blake Griffin and Chris Paul because they reinvented that franchise. This team would be probably dead last. They were like the laughing stock. They were where players went to die. Every player's career was cursed until those two came into town and changed what LA basketball looked like. Also, important thing to note though, made the playoffs 16 times, only two times they've won their division in 2013 and 14. Now, I mean, that's tough when you're going against the Warriors and of course the Lakers, but that's insane that a team can only win their division two times. Since Chris Paul came in 2011, they have the second most wins in the NBA. They're only behind the Warriors in that stat. So I'm gonna leave that there. But let's get to the rankings. Uh, first team with point guard, we're going with Chris Paul. Now this is an easy one. He's one of only a couple players with the Clippers to have made a first team all NBA. He did it several times. Led the NBA in assists twice with the Clippers, led the league in steals three times with the Clippers, uh, averaged a solid 19 and 10 during his time there. And more importantly, he turned around the franchise. That's that's it. He turned around the franchise. They went from the laughing stock to the second best team over the last decade because of him. And then statistically, I don't know that I need to make much of an argument. Franchise leader in assists, despite not even being in the top 10 of games. That seems hard. That's an easy one. Chris Paul. First team shooting guard, another honestly really easy one, but this dude's a little underrated, so I hope some people uh, are hearing about him for the first time. Randy Smith, played there nine years, peaked in uh, 78, 25 points a game, putting up five assists a game. He's kind of a mix of a combo guard and a point forward. It's a really weird mix, but just a really good basketball player. Made the playoffs three times with them in that span along with Bob McAdoo. And now they didn't do anything in the playoffs, so that's whatever. Also, fun fact, he led the league in assists per game during the 1976 playoffs. That's interesting. And I made two All-Star games, both of them with the Clips, at that time the Braves. Uh, second team All-NBA, 76. Good player. And he still leads the franchise in total points scored. Almost 13,000 points, beating Blake Griffin and Bob McAdoo. Now, he's not going to be a Hall of Famer, and a lot of that's because he spent way more time there than anybody else. He's second all-time in games, behind only DeAndre Jordan. But still, put up numbers, helped them make three of their very few playoffs for the first half of their franchise. Uh, first team, small forward. This one, really tough. And there's a couple of right answers here. I think this might be a little bit controversial. I'm going Kawhi Leonard. Now this is his fourth season with the Clippers. One year he missed entirely, so basically just three seasons there. His first year though, put up 27 a game, 25 his second year, misses 30 with an ACL tear. And this year he's been balling. Started off really slow, wasn't starting a couple games, taken out early, but now he's like fantasy dude. I would know because he's on my fantasy team and he is killing it from that perspective. And he kind of took the torch from Chris Paul. He came in in 2019, a couple years after uh, Chris Paul had left. 
and just made them a winning team again. And more importantly, he did something Chris Paul could not do. He took them to the conference finals. Now, you could say he got hurt in the playoffs, which he did against Utah. They were 2-2 in the second round. Uh, then he got hurt, missed the last two games, the ACL tear. But he took them two, two games away from the conference finals. Sure, put an asterisk by there. He took them to the conference finals, and they put up a fight against Phoenix, who ended up losing to the Bucks in the NBA finals. He did something Chris Paul couldn't do. First team small forward. First team power forward. Another kind of tough one. This is a really tough position. Uh, arguably three of the top, what, five or six players at this position. I'm going Blake Griffin. Now, spoiler alert, second team is going to be Elton Brand. He was the main scoring threat for the team that made the playoffs six straight times. And that 2014 season was really special. 24 a game. Uh, he used to be a really good rebound when he first came out. 12 a game. Kind of dropped below 10 for the rest of his career. But it's because he got farther away from the basket. He learned how to shoot. He became a, a viable three-point shooter. That kind of happened after LA. But one of the best passing big men by every statistic and just by the eye test. And his ball handling was insane. And it, it's his skill, his upgrading skill is really easy to see when you look at the free throw percentages. It started at 64 his rookie year, down to 52, then up to 76, 78 his last year with LA. His skills got way better. He became more than just the Lob City dunking threat. And he was the second best player on a team that was contending for titles. That's something Elton Brand couldn't do for more than one year. I'm going Blake Griffin. And first team center, this is probably the second most obvious one, Mr. Bob McAdoo. The only player on this list who is currently in the Hall of Fame. And it's not because he spent eight years in Italy after he retired. Now, he had one of the weirdest careers of all time. He went, he just team hopped. He was traded for cents on the dollar everywhere he went from Buffalo to New York, a stint in Boston for 20 games before the bird years, and then Detroit, New Jersey, and then like transformed himself into like a really good sixth man on the, uh, on the 80s Lakers and won two titles with them. It was kind of Carmelo-esque, Vince Carter-esque, that he just like accepted this player who is a score first, me first dude, just accepted that he's not where he is anymore and became a really good teammate, really good bench player. How often do you see that? Not very often. Uh, led the league in points three straight years, 74, 75, and 76. Peaked at 34.5 per game, along with 14 rebounds in 75. And he was your 1975 MVP a couple years after winning Rookie of the Year. He also happens to be fifth in team win shares and third in points. Just like Chris Paul, not even top 10 in games played, but he's third in points. That's something else, man. So that's our first team, Chris Paul, Randy Smith, Kawhi Leonard, Blake Griffin, Bob McAdoo. Uh, Y'all can tweet me and call me wrong for the Kawhi Leonard one. Honestly, that one was tough. On to our second team, uh, point guard. This one goes to Norm Nixon. Now he only played there three years. And didn't make the playoffs at all. This is a pretty tough one. There's not really any other right answer. It's got to be Norm Nixon. Uh, so Norm Nixon was the dude that was starting for the Lakers when Magic Johnson came to town, moved Magic to kind of like a combo guard position. They realized quickly that it made no sense to have two great passing floor generals on the team at the same time. They still managed to win two freaking titles together. Uh, he left to San Diego in 83. His first year there averaged 11.1 assists per game, easily a career high to go along with 17 points per game. 
11.1 assists per game. That was second in the league for his career with the Clippers. He was 15 and nine on pretty good shooting percentages. Made one all-star game with them. Never was all NBA with the Lakers or the Clippers. He ranks fourth in assists, but that season, 11.1 a game, that ranks number one all time in Clippers history, above anything Chris Paul did. Second team uh, shooting guard, World B3, first team all NBA name. Uh, he, he played there in 79 and 80, just like Norm didn't make the playoffs either time. Now they did a lot of dudes. Only two years there, but put up 28.8 a game his first year, 30.2 his second year. He was a scoring machine. 20 points a game for his career. Uh, of the five teams he played for, the 29.4 he averaged in his two years with the Clippers, uh, that ranks the highest. In those two seasons, scoring-wise with the Clippers, they rank fourth and fifth all-time in Clippers history behind Bob McAdoo's three league-leading 30-point game seasons. Only one of two players averaged 30 points a game with the Clippers. Now, that's probably the right choice. He was only there a couple years, though. They were just awesome years. Didn't bring any wins. Who cares? It's a Clippers. So we're not looking for wins, honestly. Second team, small forward. This is another really tough one, but just like with Kawhi Leonard, this guy was the second best player on a team that was the only Clippers team to make the conference finals. We're going with Paul George. And it's kind of tough having two small forwards who played together on the same list, but they're both small forwards. Neither one's a power forward, neither one's a shooting guard, which is why it's kind of cool that they both play together decently well, is that they're both small forwards and they just kind of shift positions and we're in positionless basketball anyway. In his career with the Clippers, he's averaging 23.1 points per game. His last three years, he's averaged five or more assists a game. He's never done more than 4.1 with any of his other couple teams. Uh, decent percentages, they've always been low for his career, 44% shooter. His defense has been slipping a little bit, same with Kawhi. Kawhi's kind of turning it on the last few weeks though, but that might be a blip. But Paul George, one of the probably best wing defenders of all time, hasn't made an all-defensive team in his time with the Clippers. Kind of weird, 13 all-NBA in 2021. Uh, and it's hard to put him any lower because he took, just like again with Kawhi, he won those final two games against the one seed Utah Jazz in 2021 to bring them to the conference finals without Kawhi and then took the Phoenix Suns to seven games. That's just better than anybody else on the team has done, on the Clippers have done. So it's it's Paul George. That's the right answer. Second team power forward. I dissed him a little bit up top, but it is Elton Brand and we love him. Number two all time in rebounds for the Clippers. Number four in points. Number three in blocks, Elton Brand. He couldn't jump over a piece of cardboard, but he swatted shots. Got those kind of long, lanky arms, just tough and savvy defender. Now he walked into the league as a 2010 guy, literally averaged 20.1 points, 10 rebounds. His first year with Chicago. After two years with them where they didn't really do much, but he put up big stats, joined the Clippers and spent seven seasons there. He was an all-star his first year with the Clippers, averaging 18 and 12. Took him to the playoffs for the first time in, seemed like forever, in 2006, averaging an insane 24.7 points, 10 rebounds a game, along with 2.5 blocks, shooting 53%. Elton Brand, ladies and gentlemen, he was second team All-NBA. He really could have been first team All-NBA in any other year, but you had LeBron coming into his own, Tim Duncan still kind of at the apex, and Dirk Nowitzki having an all-time year. 
any other year, he probably could have been first team. And really, if they called him a center instead, he would have been first team center. Now, he had struggles later in his career. Only played eight games in 2008, shipped off to Philly, and just kind of became a locker room guy after that. Kind of a bummer for him. Robbed of a career before he hit even 30 years old. The second best all-time power forward for the Clippers, so that means something. Second team center. Casual fans probably put him number one among centers, but there's no way he's better than Bob McAdoo. DeAndre Jordan inexplicably got a first-team All-NBA in 2016. He was an All-Star in 2017. He's the kind of dude where it's like, are you that good or is it just Chris Paul? Is it just Chris Paul giving you easy buckets? During his time with the Clippers, he shot... Oh God, for his career, he shoots 67.5% from the field. Three times he shot over 70%. That's just insane. Two-time rebound leader, of course, too. Peaked at 15 a game. That's awesome. Now, he's a great lob threat. Good defensive player. Smart and also could get up for swats. Awesome rebounder. But the kind of guy that's just way better because he has a guy like Chris Paul making it easy for him. And that was proven in Dallas. A couple years after, there's this huge drama of him wanting to leave and get his own team. He got what he wanted, and it didn't go very well. He wasn't awesome. And that's actually shown really well between 2017 and 2018. For the 2018 season, Chris Paul left for the Rockets. DeAndre Jordan's shooting percentages went down from 71% to 64%. Now, 64% still insane, still awesome, but not the same. Fun fact, too, he is the all-time leader in career field goal percent not just for the clippers for the nba among active players career players career nba career nba plus aba career playoffs every shooting percentage he's number one in same thing for effective field goal percentage which i don't know what that means so that's our second team norm nixon world be free paul george elton brand and deandre jordan quickly to the third team with our point guard we're going with lou williams uh, kind of tough because he, he's definitely a combo guard played both positions but he played more of his career as a point guard, so we're calling him a point guard, and I think that's right. He's just a scoring point guard. Now, this is a really important time to talk about this, because the Sixth Man of the Year award has really favored Clippers, Clippers players over the last few years. Let's look back. Hero and Clarkson won the last couple years. Montrezl Harrell won for the Clippers in 2020, the best sixth man center in the league. Lou Williams won back-to-back in 2018 and 2019 as part of the Clippers. His first year with the Clippers was in 2018. 2017, Eric Gordon won. Now, he wasn't with the, with the Clippers at the time. He was playing with the Rockets, but started his career with the Clippers. Interesting. 2016, Jamal Crawford won with the Clippers. 2015, Lou Williams won with the Raptors before he was with the Clippers. Still interesting. 2014, Jamal Crawford won with the Clippers. Go back a couple more years. 2011, Lamar Odom won. Former Clippers player. 2010, Jamal Crawford won. Soon-to-be Clippers player. Isn't that just weird? Like nine out of 11 straight six man of the year award winners at some point played with the Clippers, five of which won the award while playing with the Clippers. That just blows my mind. Clippers have five all time six man of the year award winners. All five have in the past 10 years. And Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford, tied for the most awards won by a player. Both have three six man of the year awards. Lou dragged the team. 2018, they weren't supposed to win anything. They won a lot of games. He averaged 22.6 points per game. The shooting numbers are ugly, but still putting up buckets. 2019, somehow took that team to the playoffs. Looked good against the Warriors. Didn't win anything. Were they supposed to, though? So Lou Williams, almost more of an aesthetic pick than anything else. He just kind of proved that they're allowed to make the playoffs without a superstar. 
because he did that maybe as their best player. Third team shooting guard, Ron Harper. Only, only played there from 1990 until uh, 1994, but he made two of their playoff, two of their early playoff appearances. So they only made a handful of playoffs without either Chris Paul, Kawhi Leonard, or Bob McAdoo, three Hall of Famers. Two of them came with Ron Harper as one of their best players. Between 92 and 93 is two playoff runs. He averaged 18 points a game, five assists on really good shooting numbers. Most people know Ron, of Ron Harper as either the starting point guard for the Shaq teams or for the Michael Jordan teams, where he was averaging six points a game and a couple assists doing nothing except for defense. But he was a dude, he was a guy. His rookie year with the Cavaliers, he averaged 22.9 points per game. But really good player with the Clippers too. Third team, shooting guard. Third team, small forward, Corey Maggette. Now, every dude my age loved Corey Maggette. Threw down slams, fun player to watch, hit a lot of free throws. I love those free throws, free throw guys. The swing players, the two, three type of guy who could score literally any way, grab a couple rebounds. 2005 was his best season, 22 points a game, six rebounds a game, shot 10 free throws a game. That's like close to James Harden level. Now, he was on that uh, 06 team that made the playoffs but he only played 32 games a year and only started 13. And in the playoffs, he only started two games, but he did average 15 points a game for a team that went deep in the playoffs. So good for you, Cormie Getty. Ranks fifth all time in points with the Clippers, almost 9,000 points with the Clips. 13 power forward. We haven't mentioned Danny Manning one time on this pod yet, and he deserves it. Came to the league in 88. Only played 26 games his rookie year, part of that Clipper curse where everybody just gets injured or gets washed in some way or the other. But he made the playoffs in those two 92 and 93 seasons. Best year, 22.8 points a game on a playoff team. That's pretty good. Now he's traded for Dominique Wilkins midway through the 94 season, and his stats like plummeted while playing with Atlanta. Ended up having a decent career with the Suns and then went to five different teams in five years to end his career. But with the Clippers, third best power forward of all time, that's pretty good. He's seventh in points with 7,000. He can't be your franchise guy probably, and he was kind of tag teamed with Ron Harper as that team's leader. But it's kind of sad that now people just know of him as this crappy college coach who's had a winning season one time, the Wake Forest in 2017. Danny Manning, 1998, four years after he left the Clippers. Your NBA's sixth man of the year playing with the phoenix suns once again this award loves the clippers for some freaking reason third team center now this is an obvious one if you're looking at stats not so obvious if you're not really familiar but it's swen nader led the league in rebounds in 80 with 15 rebounds a game it's tied for second most in franchise history he could score a little bit good percentages not deandre jordan level but 55 percent from the field pretty good didn't make the playoffs ever with the Clippers but like once again who did six seasons with the team ends up third in rebounds per game six in total rebounds it's hard to put anybody other than Swen Nader weird name ugly dude forgettable career came from the Netherlands played at UCLA but decent run with the Clippers when they were in San Diego in the early 80s so we're giving it to him congrats Swen Nader uh, tough, toughest cuts here Montrezl Harrell and Jamal Crawford. Uh, I just value starters over sixth men. 
and Lou Williams is more of a point guard, and it's just it gets weak at point guard. Jamal Crawford couldn't make it over Ron Harper. That's fine. Uh, Chris Kamen, he made an all-star game in 2010. So when has a rebound title, I just value that more. Uh, Elmore Smith only played there two years. Ugh. And J.J. Redick, just barely. You could say he deserved it. Loey Vaught played a long time with the Clippers, and he was on three of their playoff teams. One is arguably the best player, but once again, one of those playoff teams was among the worst teams to make the playoffs in NBA history. And the three dudes above Loey Vaught are Blake Griffin, Elton Brain, and Danny Manning. Like, sorry. You just can't make it. I hope you guys enjoyed this though. If you disagree with my opinions, hate my wrong opinions, tweet me at jakeclark underscore three. We'll be back next Saturday talking about, talking about the team that is soon to break the league's longest active missed playoff stretch. Currently number two in the West. Peace out.